David. You can be seated. Amen. Man, it is a wonderful thing to be led into the presence of God through worship. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Hey, if I haven't gotten the chance to meet you yet, my name is Ben White. I am the campus pastor here at our New City Edgerton campus. Uh, we are one church that meets in multiple locations, and we are glad to have you here. Mama Helen, you all right? You all right? I thought you were fooling with your oxygen. Sorry, church. Hey, so uh, we, we've been in this series called Who Is This Jesus? And, and we've been asking this question week after week after week, and some of the responses we've gotten have gone like this. We've, we've said Jesus is the Son of God. We've said Jesus is the one who has authority. We've said Jesus is the one who forgives sins. We've said Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He's someone confident in his calling. He's an intentional teacher. He's the one who loosens lips. And this week, <clears throat> we're asking the question, who is this Jesus? And we're, we're answering it, the true leaven. Uh, how many bakers do I have in the congregation today? Anybody bake? So leaven, we use yeast. Uh, man, and, and my wife bakes and I love to eat, so it's a real great relationship we've got going on. And, and, and when she bakes, she typically uses a, a quick quick start yeast. It's a, it's a 12-hour yeast that, that works real great. Uh, and, and, and when she makes it, like, so she's also experimenting with this sourdough stuff. She says it's healthier for you. I don't know about that. Um, but, but she doesn't put anything extra in the bread, typically. So most of us, most of y'all know that I'm a, I'm a sweet tooth guy. I don't like many fruits or vegetables or anything like that. And, and so like if I get a cinnamon raisin bread, I'm usually the guy picking out the raisins, right? They shouldn't be there. Nobody should ever put raisins in bread. And you think, well, why, why did you buy the cinnamon raisin bread in the first place then, you know? But, but what we're looking at is when, when we use certain ingredients in our lives, we get certain outputs of our faith, and so today we're going to be in Mark 8, 1 through 21. And, and when we cast the vision for Jesus being the true leaven, we're asking the question, hey, what is Jesus actually putting into our lives? Let's start. In those days, when a, again, a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to him, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of these people have come from far away. And the disciples said, how can one feed these people with bread here in a desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples and set them before the people. And they set, and they, oh man, lost my place. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he set them before the people also. And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And if we're just looking at this part of the story, it is nothing special. And I said to say, anytime Jesus does a miracle, it's a great thing. But Jesus already fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish two chapters ago. 
And so we've got to look more in, into what, what he's doing. And so it says after that, and immediately Jesus got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? And he said to them, or he said, truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now when they, now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. So I, you're a disciple, you've just seen Jesus perform a miracle, you had seven baskets full left over, and you got 13 guys in a boat, and only one was sensible enough to bring bread. Sounds about like how 13 guys would do things, right? And Jesus said to them, and he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began, Having eyes do you not see, and ears do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? And if, if we're looking at this, we, we see a rebuke from Jesus and a caution and say, hey, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And this is where we're going to camp out on is because Jesus is saying there is right leaven and there is wrong leaven, right? And so first, we've got to ask the question, what is leaven? Physical leaven is a substance, typically yeast, that is used in dough to make it rise. So we have a, a quick start, 12-hour, your dough rises. It's really cool. It makes a lot more bread, and, and it's really yummy. If you've ever had unleavened bread, it's not as good. Uh, it doesn't fill you up as much, and, and it leaves you wanting actual bread. <laughs> and the same is true for spiritual leaven. See, spiritual leaven is an element that produces an altering or transforming influence. This altering or transforming influence ultimately impacts our faith and helps us grow in our walk with Christ. And we know that Jesus is not cautioning the disciples to not take baking lessons from the Pharisees or from Herod. He doesn't care about the bread. He cares about the ingredients. And we learn this in, in Matthew 16. This is Matthew's account uh, of the situation. Verses 5 through 12. And it says, When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they said... And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware the leaven of bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees 
and of the Sadducees. You see, Jesus is not concerned with what we eat anymore. He said this in a couple chapters earlier in Mark where he declared all food clean. He's not worried about what we're putting into our bodies physically. He's worried about what we're putting into our hearts spiritually. And it's a tough truth because it means calling out the bad ingredients and, and kind of starting over in some areas, right? If you've ever made bread <clears throat> or cookies, um, you know you don't really want to put a whole lot of salt in there, right? You don't, I don't know anybody who really likes a salty cookie or a salty brownie. And you say, okay, so how, how do I let the teachings of Jesus affect my life and build my faith? Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on a day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And I want to pause right there and say, This book of the law, that's the first five books of the Bible. Okay, those were the books of the law for the Jews. It is not the extra teachings of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and Herod. Because you see, God had given them 300 laws and, and blessings for obedience and, and curses for disobedience. And we took that and said, hey, God, your 300 laws are not enough for us. So we're going to add to it and we're going to make these good laws and these bad laws and, and certain punishments we're going to give ourselves because your punishments aren't enough. And it's exhausting. And yet, we do the same thing. Say, God, I, I understand your rules, but I've also got my own rules, my own traditions, my own stuff, and I'm going to marry it with your, your book, and that's how it's going to affect my life. But Joshua is very clear, this book of the law, not your book, but God's book, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many of us want to prosper in our doings? Nobody. All right. Good deal. Everybody awake this morning? I know it's 11 o'clock, but come on, y'all. So, so what Joshua is saying, hey, the, the book of the law that we're, we're using, right? So that's the 11. That's Jesus' teaching. And then the meditation happens when we need the dough. Right? And, and all this is to make sure the bread rises. All of the, the meditating, you say, that sounds kind of weird. I don't know if I like the word meditating. Think on it, chew on it, digest it. Day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. How many of us want to please God this morning? And tomorrow morning, and Tuesday morning, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. Because I'll be honest with you, man, I've got too much going on for me to not want to make my way prosperous. I've got too much going on to not have good success. I, I, I have got to have it, which means I have got to ingest the word and I've got to chew on it and I've got to let it affect my life and root out the old stuff so that good stuff can grow my faith. So this morning I want to know, how's your faith grown? We've been in this series for months. We've been asking and answering this question of who Jesus is. Has your faith grown? What are you learning? And this is why it's important too, because you're like, yeah, my faith's grown, but I'm not doing anything about it. 
right? So James 1 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law of freedom, is kind of weird. Law sounds oppressive, but it's actually freeing when we do it under Jesus and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer, a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. So we're blessed when we not only hear the teachings of Jesus, but we do something about it. We got a big task. Our, our, our seek first this year and next year is Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And it says, And Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, cities and villages, proclaiming or teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. For they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers unto his harvest. And we hear that and we say, Okay, so I'm supposed to do anything about it. Just in the same way as the disciples had seen over and over and over again that Jesus provided for their needs. They never had lack. They might have wanted some stuff, new shoes, maybe new robes, but they always had enough. And so Jesus, at this point in his ministry, is saying, dude, you got to do something about your faith and actually engage with what I'm doing spiritually because you, you won't be able to grow if you just look at the physical things that I'm doing and miss the spiritual implications. And Jesus talked about faith 42 times in his earthly ministry. Twice, he was astounded by somebody's faith and he blessed them. Most of the time, he said, if you have faith like, and then even more times he said, oh, you of little faith, where is your faith? Have I not proven through my teachings, through my actions, through, through who I am, that I am enough in every situation? So where is your faith? And that's what I care about. I love preaching week in and week out to you guys. I, I feel like the, I know this is what God's called me to do. But it means jack squat. If all we do is hear the word and leave. Yeah? yeah that's right. It means nothing. And it's funny because I fall guilty of this. Hannah does too. I, in marriage, there are certain things you can throw your wife under the bus for, and this is one of them. So I'll... <laughs> obviously, you can tell I'm still new into marriage. Right? <clears throat> but we'll talk on the way home, and I'm like, hey, so how did I do? Right? I want to know, and she, oh, that was a great sermon. And so many of us answer like that. That was so great. Okay, what was great about it? Uh, well, you had that one point. I don't know, it just felt great, like you felt engaged. But that's what it is. And, and I've wrestled with this, 
and I'm still wrestling through because I'm asking the Holy Spirit to engage with us week in and week out, day in and day out. My prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit engages with you and that you're willing to engage back. And we go home on a Sunday and say, hey, what did you guys talk about? And we're like, oh, faith. Okay, so why is faith important? Oh, because Pastor Ben said it was. Right? I don't want you to do anything because Pastor Ben says I'm not that important and never will be. <laughs> there are a lot of guys that like to keep me humble. <laughs> right. And so I want you to test my teaching. I am giving you full reign to call me out on BS on a Sunday. Oh, that was a little iffy. All right. Probably shouldn't say BS again. Well, okay, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, you probably really shouldn't. So, all right, so on Paul's missionary journey throughout Asia, he, he was met with resistance to various people. He, he was thrown out of towns. He was beaten and bruised up. And his faith continued to grow. And, and we get to Acts chapter 17, and he had just been run out of Thessalonica because the Jews there hated what he was teaching. And it says in Acts 17, 11, now these Jews, he went to Berea, so these Berean Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So when I preach, I need you guys to open your Bibles. I have to have it because if you're not testing everything that I am saying through scripture, it's a mess. Right? So like last week, I preached out of second hesitations. And some of you guys were really quick-witted and you got it and you're like, that's not in the Bible. And then other guys were like, does this guy even read the Bible? Yes, I read the Bible, I promise. But I, I, I pulled on that because if, if y'all aren't engaging, we, we, we miss out on the blessings of actually doing the word because we're caught up in the lies that we believed. Paul says in Galatians, you lump. a little false teaching ruins the bread. Even if you have one raisin, if I know there is one raisin in that bread, I'm not eating it. I'm not touching it. It's nasty. A little anything changes the outcome. And so as I've, I've wrestled with this, there are certain lies I'm praying that the Holy Spirit addresses in your life. I don't know what lies you've, you believe. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit exposes them, though. Because these are, these are the little leavens of, man, if you grew up without a father's love, that's the lie from the enemy that says, oh, man, my dad doesn't love me, so how can God love me? And if you grew up feeling awkward and alone and helpless and said, man, nobody can ever accept me, that is a lie from the devil. But it, but it changes. So what that lie does is, and that yeast does is it grows in our heart till we become adults, till we become older adults, till we become old, and it settles in our heart and actually kills our faith instead of grows it. You see, in a physical sense, when we use bad leaven, it kills our bread. When we use bad yeast, it kills our bread, it shrinks up, dies. But on the spiritual side of leaven, it can kill our hearts. 
when we actively are not taking inventory of the teachings of Jesus and testing the scriptures and saying, hey, this is something that I believe, but I'm not sure what Jesus says on it, and I'm not sure if it's true, and we allow that to take root in our heart, it can kill us. And I care too much about your hearts. Too much about them, and so I'm, I'm wondering, and I've been, I've been praying because, because John says so. So the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, right? So we've got to engage with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is your God sending the Holy Spirit, in, in, in Jesus' name, He will help us, or He will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus taught us. So we're being taught and everything is being brought to remembrance by the Holy Spirit. So if we are not engaging with the Holy Spirit and growing our faith, how are we supposed to be taught? We can't. Because if we're not engaging with the Holy Spirit, we're thinking in this passage that Jesus is talking about a baking class with the Pharisees and with the Sadducees instead of actually talking about the teachings that we're putting into our heart. He's not worried or concerned about your lack or your need. And I say that to say because he can provide for it. And he's proven he can provide for it and he will continue to provide for it. That might not be in the ways we want or need. Jesus didn't magically make appear or miraculously make appear more bread for the disciples. Sometimes he lets them be idiots, right? Say, hey, you only brought one, one loaf of bread, you bimbo. I can multiply it if you ask me. But he is so much more concerned with the teachings that are being taught. He says, hey, they're going to be false prophets that come in my name that say this and this and this and there are going to be false prophets that have already come and there are false prophets now right so there's a whole bunch of false teaching that's always been spread about any time that God has engaged with his people so we've got to test the scriptures So as, as we close today, I'm going to ask that the band come back up and, and they're going to lead us just and, and let us sit in the spirit for a second. And I know it might be uncomfortable, but as we close, church, I want to know if your faith is growing. Is your faith actually growing through this series? Are you actually taking the time to, to meditate on Scripture, to memorize Scripture, to hide it in your heart and let it overflow? Because this is the thing about yeast. Man, when it, when it grows in your heart, it, it overflows. It's actually really cool when Hannah makes bread or something and, and she chooses too small of a... I've got this survey I want you all to fill out. I'm, I'm praying that you will. It's five questions. Four of them are yes, no, or uncertain. And the last one... Actually, the most important one is, is what has the Holy Spirit revealed to you through finding out who this Jesus is? Because if we're not engaging with the Spirit, Jesus is just some cool guy with a bunch of hard teachings. 
But if we're actually invested in what Jesus is going to do in our life, because he's invested in what he's doing, he wouldn't say, hey, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit if he didn't believe in the mission of your life. So is your faith growing? Last week, I challenged us with, with the challenge of, hey, I want you to go share the gospel with somebody. Did we allow our faith to grow through this process or did we shrink back? And the second thing is, is, is what are you allowing to affect and grow in your life? I apologize if I did not use the right effect word. I thought I did. The English language is not my uh, favorite subject. What are we allowing to affect and grow in our lives? And is it based off of scripture? Is it based off of the world and the lies and, and the false teachings? Because here's the deal is I can... I can hear the word of God just as well as you can, but if I don't let it actively move in my life, right? Paul says to Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed, and it's used for teaching, exhortion, and, and, and reproving. So if scripture is God-breathed, that means it can never lose relevance because God is outside of time. So are we allowing the teachings of Jesus to actually grow our faith? Or are we allowing the teachings and the lies that we've chosen to believe kill our faith? So with these surveys, you don't need to write your name. If you write your name, uh, credit card number, PIN number, and social security number. Don't worry, we will use it for the work of the ministry. New boat, new plane, something like that. If you ever saw me come to church in anything other than a rusty old truck church, you know that wouldn't be true. And then there's a basket um, out front in the lobby. Just drop those in there. But, but this helps me engaging with the Spirit yourself. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no varsity Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit. And it's our choice on whether we engage and lean into what he's doing in our lives or not. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you. We thank you for tough and rough teaching, but we thank you that we get to hide your word in our hearts so that we may not sin against you. And we thank you that we can meditate on your word because then we have good success in a prosperous way. Father, and I pray that for us this morning. Because nobody is above your word and nobody has the complete scripture memorized and nobody is beyond the revelation that you can give us. Father, I pray that you've been revealing things to us. Moving our hearts, growing our faith, and I pray that our faith grows to this, this place where it's overflowing and it, our, our yeast is affecting other people's hearts. Our faith has to, God. Daniel has this saying, smell like Jesus. 
Can, can people smell and see the faith that we walk in? Or do we like to hide his word in our heart and keep it there? And not let it change us or move us or draw us closer. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you would keep on revealing. Because God, you say your word is God-breathed, which means it never runs out and it never runs dry. And there has never been anything that you have spoken that has not come back as a return on investment in the kingdom. Father, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.